Hey guys, I'm Michael Carboni, and you're listening to episode 13 of Chasing Kangaroos, the podcast for rugby league fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. Hey guys, welcome to another action-packed episode of Chasing Kangaroos. I am your host, Michael Carboni, and joining me this evening in the studio is nobody. <laughs> That's right, I'm on my own. It's been a pretty tricky week. I was actually in hospital yesterday, but don't worry, just a false alarm, there's nothing wrong. Uh, but I was meant to record this episode with Jake Watson, as I normally do. Uh, he's had something come up, some personal issues which he needs to take care of, so he's unavailable. But I thought, look, uh, as long as you guys are okay with listening to only my voice for half an hour or so, uh, I'm sure it should be okay. The show must go on and there is plenty to talk about. So let's get stuck straight in. Guys, topic number one, uh, the Witness Vikings have been put into administration. So this has been huge news over in Northern England uh, and we haven't heard much about it here in Australia. Um, so there's obviously plenty uh, of podcasts over in the UK that have reported and discussed this at length. Uh, there's plenty that you could listen to, guys that understand the issue a little bit more than I do. But what I thought I'd do is obviously give a quick rundown of what's happened uh, and follow that up with a few of my own takeaways, uh, what I think should happen moving forward. And um, yeah, I guess we can go from there. But just a quick summary. So Witness obviously uh, were last year re relegated from the Super League. Uh, into the championship and only weeks ago we were saying that Witness were the Toronto Wolfpack's biggest threat in earning promotion into the Super League. Well one week later and everything has changed. So last Thursday it was announced that Wid the Witness game versus Sheffield would be postponed uh, as administration loomed for the club. Uh, the following day the club was put into administration and uh, they would be deducted 12 competition points uh, the rumour was that Witness are uh, £800,000 in debt uh, after potential investors pulled out of a bid to take over the club. Since then, we've heard a number of rumours. So we heard that former Salford owner Murren Kukash uh, and Toronto Wolfpack owner David Argyle had separate ambitions to buy the club and move it 20 minutes up the road to Liverpool. Kukash denied the rumour, stating he would rather grow a new team in Liverpool from scratch. And over the weekend, David Argyle retracted his own interest in purchasing the club as well. So more recently, we've seen a huge push from the fans. Uh, they've been pouring their own money into the club through various fundraisers. Uh, hashtag Save Our Club. You would have seen it all over Twitter uh, and some parts of Facebook if you're following along. But uh, at the time of recording this, the fans have donated over £104,000. Uh, it's an amazing show of support, which uh, I haven't seen since uh, the early 2000s when 100,000 South Sydney Rabbitohs supporters marched to get their club reinstated into the NRL. So that's where we're at at the moment with Witness. And, and look, here's my takeaways from that. Um, there's a few. So while the efforts of the Witness fans have been admirable to date, uh, the question for me is, is it really worth it? So yes, the club uh, has an important place in rugby league's history, but just to compare them to a famous Australian club, I believe their future will follow the Newtown Jets path. I doubt they'll ever be in the top grade rugby league again. Um, the other question, I guess, is what, why would an investor come in uh, to a club that is £800,000 in debt. That seems ridiculous to me. It's probably more likely that the club will go 
bankrupt, unfortunately, but it doesn't really mean that the club will die. We've seen this sort of thing happen with the Bradford Bulls. So Bradford were one of the top four Super League clubs for a, a long time. Uh, they were dropped down to championship level. They went bankrupt uh, and they came back. Uh, as the Bradford Bulls, but under new administration. Similar thing happened over here in, in the NRL. You'll remember the Auckland Warriors, uh, they went into administration, came back the year later as the New Zealand Warriors. So I guess in some way, shape or form, I believe there still will be a witness club in 2020. I guess the question is, what's the point of all these fan donations? What are they really trying to achieve? Uh, I guess all they're really going to do is keep the current administration floating until the end of the season. Um, I can't see it really helping for the long term unless a new investor, a new major investor comes in and buys the club. Um, I think that's highly unlikely. But look, we'll watch this space. The other big question for me here is um, we obviously heard about Marwan Kukash and David Argyle uh, rumouredly trying to buy the club and move them to Liverpool. The thing is, or the question I have is, should we be taking Liverpool seriously? Um, while I agree that Widnes should not be moved, I do think um, that maybe we should start having a serious look at Liverpool. Now, let's, let's, let's get one thing straight. Liverpool is not a guarantee. Yes, they are surrounded by rugby league heartlands. You've got St. Helens, you've got Witness, uh, you've got other clubs surrounding Liverpool. But Liverpool have always been a soccer or a football heartland. We know that they love it, the Liverpool club and the Everton club. Massive, massive football slash soccer fans over there. It's always been hard for rugby league to to get a foothold in the area, despite um, the surrounding rugby league mad towns. But I compare it a little bit to the Melbourne Storm. So Melbourne Storm, obviously an AFL heartland here in Australia, but uh, it's taken you know about twenty years. But the Storm have a very strong rugby league niche now. They've got a whole heap of support, a whole heap of members. They get fifteen to 20,000 fans two games. And that's taken a lot of hard work. And it's also taken an, an exceptional success on the field over a long period of time. Um, so the Storm have been able to do that. And they are very close, I believe, to becoming one of the only clubs in the NRL that break a profit. Uh, so that's very good stuff there as well. I think Liverpool need to look at that. They also need to look at getting their own juniors through as well if they're looking to build a club there, if they want to be successful over the long term. For me, the future of Widnes is as a semi-professional club uh, and they should be looking at feeding uh, juniors into that Liverpool club uh, in the long term. I think that's the best way to go. Um, the other question for me is, does this put the promotion relegation system over the UK in, over in the UK into doubt? So I know it's a big part of the English sport uh, system in general, but really this is not the first time that we've seen a club now put into administration after being relegated. It is very difficult for clubs financially when they're going up and down from, from the highest division to the second division and even lower. So um, look, I think... Whilst I know it is important to the psyche of sport over in the UK, uh, I don't know if they get rid of it completely, but I'm sure that they can start a conversation about how to make it better. Maybe instead of just looking at on-field results over one season, they need to look at it more as a long-term thing, look at the financial results of the club, look at things like membership, um, and look at things like geographic location as well. Uh, but I think definitely we need to start seeing more conversations like that over in the Super League. I know the clubs do get a balloon payment uh, when they do get relegated from the Super League, but obviously that hasn't helped the guys here at Witness, so we definitely need to be, be doing more.
my final takeaway from this, uh, it's a small point obviously as well, but if Widnes were to go under and were not able to partake in the rest of this season, that would mean that we do have uh, one spot available in the Challenge Cup. And although that would be bad news for Widnes fans, I think that opens up a spot nicely for the Toronto Wolfpack who would love to be there and I think would be incredible to have them there. So might be bad news for Witness fans, could be very good news for the Toronto Wolfpack. But look, I guess those are my takeaways from what's been happening over in the UK in Witness. I hope I've been able to shed some light to the Australian fans who don't know much about it, and obviously adding my points, hopefully something a little bit different to what uh, you guys in the UK have been hearing over the last week or so. Well, guys, on to topic number two and moving over to Serbia. So this was a statement made on the Red Star Belgrade Facebook page early in the week. I'll read it straight out to you. So the South Sydney Rabbitohs have agreed to support the growth of rugby league in Serbia and the Balkan region through the Red Star Belgrade Rugby League Academy. In an agreement which takes the NRL onto virgin territory, the Rabbitohs and Red Star Rugby League will collaborate in building talent in the region over the coming years. Now the famous rabbit imprint will be seen in an academy tasked with growing the sport, playing footprint in a tangible and sustainable way. So I think everyone in, in the International Rugby League community will agree that this is fantastic. But what does this actually mean? So I had a quick chat with Red Star Belgrade owner Colin Clayweg over the last couple of days, really wanting to dig a little bit deeper. And I guess my first question to him was, what have Souths actually committed to doing for Red Star Belgrade? So he said that Souths are committed to providing logistical support uh, and based on timings and other commitments, their program will involve the exchange of persons. He said the key is for Red Star to learn from one of the great clubs in our sport and implement plans from the ground up. So from my understanding, I believe Souths will act as a mentor to Red Star Belgrade. Um, the emphasis is more on Red Star to prove that they are up to the task of growing the game in Serbia before Souths commit to more involvement over time. So I asked Colin, what are, what are some Red Star development goals um, that he wants to see now that this program is in place? And really exciting to hear that the aim for this year is to bring 250 juniors into their development program. This will show a real commitment to growing the game in Serbia. Uh, the, exciting th the next part's pretty exciting for me as well. So I asked, could, the, could this potentially open up a pathway for Serbian-born players in the NRL in the future through this link with the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And Colin is, you know, um, Colin said that the big goal for, for him and for Red Star is to see two Serbians playing in the NRL and three Serbians playing in the Super League within 10 years. He said it's a sound, smart and achievable goal. I really love how he and the club they've got they've got no delusions of grandeur you know they know that there's a lot of hard work involved they know it's going to take time and they're really looking to implement some things and build things from the ground up and really get there over a long dedicated period of time i guess finally that this it's worth saying that this deal is now about uh, red star belgrade hitting targets with logistics support and mentoring uh, good luck to the guys over there um, and we watch with interest to see what's happening between the two great clubs.
topic number three for this this episode of Chasing Kangaroos, and it appears that the 2019 International Rugby League calendar is finally being sorted, with the RLIF set to announce a whole host of action uh, for Australia, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, uh, this year. So the announcements haven't been made yet, but we have heard from sources in the media this week. Uh, a few games have been will be announced. Here's what we know so far. So I'm going to start on June 22, where we're going to see New Zealand play Tonga. Now this will be part of the Oceania Cup, uh, the first tier, the top tier New Zealand Tonga in Australia. We don't know where this game will be played yet, but we can presume it will be in New Zealand. It's going to be the day after the State of Origin 2 match between New South Wales and Queensland on a very exciting uh, international window, I suppose we will call it. The NRL teams will be on break. Um, what's interesting as well is it's going to be on the same day as the Super Rugby Grand Final. Um, so we're going to see Rugby League going head-to-head with Rugby Union in New Zealand. It's going to be interesting to see how we go. But I think if we're playing at like a 20,000 capacity seat stadium, I think we can sell it out, especially with the interest uh, with the Tongan Rugby League side at the moment. Now, I also believe that on this same weekend, we will see Papua New Guinea play either Samoa or Fiji. Uh, That hasn't been confirmed, but it does make sense that an Oceania Cup B match will be played on that weekend uh, with Papua New Guinea and one of those two other nations. So watch this space. Uh, We'll see what's happening there. We then move on to October, and it all starts on October 18 and 19 with the Nines World Cup happening at Parramatta. We're still waiting on teams to be confirmed. We do know that invitations have been sent out, and they'll be announced as they get accepted. So looking forward to hearing that from the RLIF. And so a week later after the Nines, we're going to see a very exciting double header in Wollongong between Australia and New Zealand. So we're going to see the women's match first, Sajilla Roos versus the Kiwi Ferns. That's going to be an exciting one, especially considering uh, the matchups that the ladies' teams have had in the last couple of years. That's going to be fantastic. Straight after that, the men's sides will take place in what is expected to be an Oceania Cup match. Um, I think Wollongong's the perfect place for this. They should get a capacity crowd down there. Um, and it's going to be very exciting seeing the men's and the women's sides uh, taking place in this matchup on October 25. A week later, so November 2, we're going to see a triple header in New Zealand. So this is expected to be uh, Fiji game one, Fiji versus Samoa in the Oceania Cup B. Then we're going to see Australia versus Tonga in an Oceania Cup game. And then it's going to be New Zealand versus Great Britain. That's right, the Lions tour, it appears to be on. New Zealand will be playing Great Britain in the third match in this triple header. So, um, I get, look, it's very exciting stuff, and I'm glad that there is so much International Rugby League being played on this weekend. I guess the question for me is, are we playing it safe uh, by having this as a triple header? I understand logistically uh, it's probably a lot easier to get all the players, um, players in one spot and commercially it probably makes it very viable having a triple header but I guess part of me wishes that we could see this Fiji Samoa game played in Fiji I think it would be um, wouldn't be silly to think they'd get an awesome crowd over there Um, and I'd probably love to see Australia and Tonga split from this as well even if they played in Campbelltown they'd get a capacity crowd and it would be fantastic I think New Zealand versus Great Britain on its own would be able to get a good crowd as well but look I understand why they're doing it Um, but I just wish, you know, we weren't playing it 
too safe all the time. But that's going to be fantastic. Um, I guess the final thing is the Lions tour. So we sort of touched on that with the triple header. On October 26, the Lions will be playing against Tonga. I think that game will be in New Zealand, but it hasn't been confirmed yet. November uh, November 2, we know they're playing New Zealand, game 1. November 9, they'll be playing game 2 against New Zealand. And then in November 16, uh, they'll be flying over to Port Moresby to take on Papua New Guinea, which that's going to be incredible uh, for the guys over, the fans over in Papua New Guinea. They are going to love it. Uh, that'll be fantastic. Originally, the Lions tour was meant to include games against Samoa and Fiji as well, but they were dropped off due to cost. Uh, look, I think it is good that this is happening. I think you all know, uh, you would have heard me speaking on a number of occasions, I would much prefer to see England uh, out here playing these games. Uh, I think the English brand is is to me, a better thing moving forward than the Great Britain brand for International Rugby League. And I think most of this Great Britain side is going to be an English side anyway, so what's the point really? Uh, but look, I think it's good that it's happening. It's going to mean more money for the RFL, and it's going to be more International Rugby League for guys like Tonga, New Zealand, and Papua New Guinea. So I think that's fantastic. All in all, so happy that we're getting these games this year. Uh, there's going to be a lot for us to talk about here on the show uh, and really exciting time for International Rugby League. So looking forward to it all. Well, guys, it's time for my favorite segment of the show. And judging by the feedback that we get from you guys, the fans, um, I think it's your favorite as well. It's the golden points. And this week, it's huge. There is so much happening in the rugby league world. Um, and I think this is the most comprehensive wrap-up of World Rugby League news that you will find anywhere. So sit back and enjoy the ride because I've got about 15 golden points to run through with you uh, in this episode. So golden point number one, we're off to France and Catalan and Toulouse have announced a dual registration agreement in 2019. So what this means is going to allow certain players to be able to play for both Catalan and Toulouse. So I guess Toulouse will act, I guess, as a feeder or reserve grade side to Catalan for players that aren't quite up to that uh, Super League standard or on the cusp of it. So that's going to be fantastic uh, for 2019. Golden point, moving over to League One in the UK. So there was a match over the weekend between two expansion clubs. The London Scholars, uh, they defeated the West Wales Raiders 28-18. to I've been following the West Wales Raiders for a little while now, obviously very interested in the Welsh uh, Rugby League system, as you guys may know. Um, the last time that these clubs played, London won 62-12, to and the time before that, London won 76-8. to So a lot of improvement in this West Wales side. Uh, I think it's fantastic for Rugby League in Wales. They're still on the bottom of the ladder in the League One, but I think, as you can see, with some of those uh, recent scorelines and the current scoreline, 28-18 to uh, against London, massive improvement and good things for Welsh Rugby League. Uh, staying in Wales. So the Welsh Rugby League have announced a huge list of events for 2019. Uh, amongst the list, there's a host of junior origin games and a few junior matches up against the junior English side. There's also going to be senior origin games. They've announced that on the 15th of June, there'll be a Wales Nines Rugby League Festival, which should be exciting. There's the Welsh Challenge Cup, which is happening between local Welsh clubs throughout the year. Um, and the interesting one for me was in October, they've announced that Wales, uh, Wales will be hosting Serbia in an international game. So that's going to be fantastic to see. Uh, good to see Serbia getting an international match, and I think uh, should be some good 
good a good hit out for Wales in the lead up to the 2021 World Cup. Golden Point over in London. So the Rugby Football League has launched the Southern Conference League at the London versus Castleford match in the Super League last weekend. This is effectively a fourth division. So it's going to allow teams to step up from the south of London and parts of Wales into a new competition, which is going to be exciting for develop, development in the game in these areas that obviously aren't traditional heartlands. Our golden point over to Papua New Guinea. The Hunters, the PNG Hunters side, have announced that Alex Wera will be their captain for the 2019 season. His vice captain will be Moses Meninga. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how the Hunters go this year. So a host of their players from 2018 have been picked up by English sides and other Queensland Cup sides. This year, they've promoted a number of players from their local PNG competition. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go, but really good for development as well as we see players come up through the ranks. And uh, it's going to be great for Papua New Guinea Rugby League in general in the future. Golden Point, moving over to Samoa. So the Manono side have won the Fantastic Four Nines tournament. Uh, they beat the Savai side 16-4. to Sorry for any mispronunciations there, guys. This tournament uh, has been used as a selection guide for the Samoan team to represent at the Pacific Games uh, later this year in that Nines tournament, and they look to be a good chance there. They're taking it very seriously. Uh, obviously, it's their home Pacific Games. They'll be hosting it this year. Uh, sticking to the Pacific, and, and speaking of the Pacific Games, so we heard this week that the Vanuatu Associations of Sport have removed the Vanuatu Rugby League team from the upcoming Samoa uh, Pacific Games. So this comes after what looks to be an oversubscription of spots available on a charter flight. And it's really disappointing for the Vanuatu Rugby League. I know these guys are working really hard on developing the sport over there. Now, they are looking at other alternatives, and I really hope that they can make it over there because they really deserve it and would have a good showing over there at the Games. So watch this space, and let's keep our fingers crossed for our friends over in Vanuatu. Golden Point over to Fiji. So last week we announced uh, the West Fiji Dolphins uh, had entered the Fijian Vodafone Cup, uh, the 15-team tournament over there in Fiji, and proud to say or happy to say that they have won their opening match. So they beat the West Coast Storm 20-18. to So great start for the West Fiji Dolphins. Keep it up. Uh, Golden Point over to New Zealand. So the good news for the All-Stars concept is that the New Zealand Rugby League have expressed interest in hosting an All-Stars game in the future. So we understand that the next two will be in Queensland. So we'll probably see a game in Brisbane. Uh, we'll probably see a game at the new uh, stadium in Townsville. But in three years' time, I know that, uh, or we know that New Zealand will put their hand up to host this game. Uh, great things. I know we said last week the All-Stars concept between the Indigenous side and the Maoris will only get bigger, bigger and better each year. So good to see this interest uh, for at least the next three years. Uh, it's going to be huge. Golden point over in the Super League. And it's only, we're only three rounds in. And the first Golden Point match has been played over in England. So Hull FC, they beat Wigan 23-22. to Congratulations to Mark Snide, who kicked the winning field goal. He's the halfback for Hull FC. Good job, guys. And uh, apparently the fans over there love the Golden Point. So awesome. Over to Hong Kong now. So the annual Hong Kong Nines has been announced for May 4th. We're expecting to see eight teams or more uh, representing uh, sides from Tonga, Papua New Guinea, Thailand, and of course Hong Kong. Uh, so going to be really exciting for the guys that in Hong Kong. They're 
growing in the game over there. This tournament's been going on for the last few years. Uh, it gets bigger and better each year. So looking forward to hearing results from our friends over in Hong Kong with that tournament. Golden Point over to the Philippines. So the third season of the Filipino NRL will kick off on March 10. There's four teams in this competition and round one is going to see the current champions, the North Luzon Hunter side, taking on the current Nines champions, the Cavite Tigers. The other game will be the Manila Storm up against the new club, the Clark Jets. So congratulations to those guys over in the Philippines. Keep growing the game. Golden Point uh, staying in Asia. So the NRL Asia and ASEAN Rugby League have announced a newly formed Asian Heritage Junior Pathways program, which will start in March in New South Wales and Queensland. So we're expecting, obviously, a lot of heritage players of the future to come through and filter through uh, for some of the Asian nations in, in emerging cups and things like that in the future. Uh, this is going to have the same sort of impact in Asia as the Latin Heat have been having over in South America. So I know a lot of people... Um, a lot of people bag out the whole heritage thing when it comes to International Rugby League, but I think in terms of development, especially in places like this, it's going to be an important stepping stone, and it means that in the future we're going to see uh, some exciting players eventually being developed throughout the region of Asia, which is going to be fantastic. Golden Point moving over to Lebanon. So after years of turmoil, the Lebanese Rugby League Federation have a new board of directors. Hopefully the new board can steer Lebanon in the right direction. I know they had some exciting times after the World Cup a few years ago, uh, but things have been a little bit shaky over the last couple of years. Hopefully things are back in place. Uh, their first duty will be to appoint a new national coach in the build-up to the 2021 World Cup. Uh, I wonder what Robbie Farrer's up to. That's all I'll say about that. I don't know if it'll be him, but anyway, might as well start that rumour right here. Golden point, guys, moving over to Chile. Uh, so on March 9, we're going to see what I'm calling the Chilean Super Bowl. So the, the Northern Conference champions from 2018, the Toros, or the Toro Antifogasta side, will take on the Southern Conference champions from last year, the Mariman Negrade side. Uh, so this will pretty much kick off their domestic seasons uh, for 2019, and we're going to have a Chile an official Chilean champion uh, announced uh, very soon, so watch this space. And our final golden point for this week, uh, and it wouldn't be an episode of Chasing Kangaroos recently if we didn't mention the New York City Rugby League bid. So Stephen Mascord has reported via Rugby AM uh, website in the UK that the New York City Rugby League bid will at least get a chance to present their case to championship and League One teams before a decision on their inclusion in the UK Rugby League system is made in mid-March. So we're expecting to see that happening soon. But we're also hearing whispers of a number of other clubs that are interested in, in getting involved from America, so USA, Canada, etc. You've got sides from Jacksonville, Boston, uh, Hamilton, Vancouver. And I guess the question is, and I've seen a few people talking about it on Twitter, including the guys from the Jamaican Rugby League Association, but do we actually have enough clubs and investment now for a pro-American league? Like, why don't these guys get together and see what they can do uh, in the event that none of them get the call up through the English leagues? Look, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, we will know what's going on with New York in the near future. So once again, watch this space. Well, guys, we're coming to the end of the show now. So I need to give a big shout out to our affiliates, uh, the guys from over at Mascord Browns. So we've got an affiliate link 
uh, in our show notes and also over on our Facebook page uh, in the About Us section. So check that out. Go to the link, purchase your Rugby League International gear. A few dollars will come our way. There will be some money, obviously, that goes to the nations involved as well. So Mascord Browns, please support the people that are supporting International Rugby League. Guys, it's been a great episode. Plenty to talk about. I hope you've been okay with listening to only my voice for the last half an hour or so i know i've had a lot of fun doing it and uh you know i was in hospital yesterday so i'm feeling a little bit better now having having done this and been able to to do this with you guys uh please be sure to rate review subscribe to our podcast please tell your friends about us we've had a lot of support especially in the last couple of weeks over on facebook instagram and twitter we're getting a lot of feedback from fans a lot of people from the international rugby league scene from clubs around the world that are getting involved and want to hear all about us um, so we've got some exciting things happening in the next few weeks uh, the next episode i believe uh, is going to be a very different one so we're going to be breaking our number one rule uh, next week so watch this space and you'll see what that's all about but i've also got a few people from various international rugby league federations that are keen to come on so we're talking italy we're talking Nigeria and we're talking about a few others as well. So really keen to try and get some of those guys on and give you as much information about the growing rugby league family around the world in the near future. Guys, I've been Michael Carboni. It's been fantastic being with you for another episode of Chasing Gangaroos. I'll see you next week. Fuck you, Nagari. <laughs>